welcome to this second episode for the YouTube channel. But it's the 15th episode in our weekly podcast, Power Bitches. This week, I am unfortunately by myself. We are without Ed, who is currently sick, and Vic as well, who has prior commitments. But the show must go on. I am here to bring you news from Game Week 15. And this week, it is only a solo game, uh, game week anyway, so it's not too bad. Uh, I do have my information to the left, so if you're watching on YouTube and I keep checking to my left, it's just because I'm checking my notes. Uh, so, kick off the week, obviously, I am a City fan, so with no other fans here, we can talk about City. So, to start off, City are back in their winning ways, finally. It took them maybe a bit too long, fans. Um, we beat Luton 2-1 in a game where... We took complete control despite going down 1-0 in the beginning. Uh, we had control the first half completely and out of nowhere, last second in the first half, they get a header and it's just, what can you do? And fans, even though we were 1-0 down, I don't think any fans really expect us to lose the game. Uh, so we came back out and we showed what we're made of. And we are without Erling Haaland, which is a big news story. And it was published on the Power Pitches website, which will always be linked in the bio and the description of this video. But we were without Erling Haaland. And this is something that fans seen and straight away it kind of like hit fear into fans. And that I'd, I don't know, I don't see that personally. We have so much talent in a team that... Just missing one player, obviously, he's not just a player, he is Erling Haaland, but I don't think it's the end of the world to miss him. Um, as we've seen, we beat Luton, I'd say quite comfortably, even though it was 2-1, it was quite comfortable in the end. Uh, Jack Grealish finally getting his his starts and showing what he's made of, showing why we paid £100 million for him. He's got two goals in his last two Premier League games, and... Fingers crossed he can carry it over till tomorrow against Crystal Palace. But, yeah, Phil Foden, we all know how good he is. He doesn't put up the numbers like a lot of football Twitter always look at. They always look at the numbers. But Phil Foden, you watch him on the ball, he's a magician. Nothing you can talk about. Like, he's so good, you can't really say anything bad about his game. Never loses the ball, always creates space, has passes, touch, shot. He has everything to his game. And luckily, so for us, City long-time fan, don't think he'll ever leave. But yeah, City beat Luton 2-1 in a comfortable game, and it closes the gap at the top of the table. And we're coming on to face Crystal Palace tomorrow, as it's been recorded on the Friday. And there are hopes high, hopes are high. Um, news reports have come out that Erling Haaland will not be with the team. Pep Guardiola has said in a press conference before the game that he doesn't think he'll start. And once again, I'm just going to repeat the same thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that Erling Haaland, obviously how good he is, he scores all these goals. Julian Alvarez is an unreal player. And he's so underappreciated being the player or the, the second striker for us. Because if you look at his career, it's ridiculous what he's won. He's won World Cup, he's won Copa, Copa Libertadores, I think it's called, 
Copa America, sorry. He's won Premier League, Champions League, FA Cup. He's won everything over in Argentina. And I just... A player like that for so young and how talented he is, it is a shame that he's a second backup striker. But this season, he's kind of taken his own role as, you know, a, a midfielder where... Kind of the Kevin De Bruyne role. Where he's he's threading passes, but he's also taking long shots because... You know, he's a natural striker, natural born striker. So it's it's good to see that Alvarez, even though Haaland is going to start every game, it's good to see he's getting into the team because he deserves it. He's such a good player. And now, with Haaland being injured, as unfortunate as it is, it gives Alvarez time to shine. And that, I think, is what fans are looking for. I mean, me personally, I'm so excited to see what Alvarez can do for us in this upcoming game and we saw the other night on Wednesday night that we beat uh, Red Star Brigade wasn't a worry for me um, I mean we've got a first club record this season where we've won all six group stage games in Champions League for the first time ever and it came with two youngsters Oscar Bob and Mike Hamilton and you have to say Things are looking up. Things are look really looking up for our, our team right now. And there's obviously worries about De Bruyne being a bit older and maybe stepping out from the, from the squad. But you look at players like Oscar Bob and what a player he is. Uh, 21 years old and Mike Hamilton, 20 years old. Rico Lewis, 19. Bolden, 23. Like These players probably will never leave us, which is just it's sort of amazing for us. And to think that two de debutants in the Champions League got their first goal on their first game, yeah, the, the future's bright for us. And I would like to see Oscar Bob a bit more in the Premier League. Maybe we see him tomorrow? I doubt it. I think the squad will just be a standard City squad um, without Haaland, with Alvarez playing up front. But you never know with Pep, and as much as we, we love Pep on this podcast, as much as I love him, he does like to rotate the squad depending on weird things. Like, you think about FPL. If anyone plays FPL that's listening or watching uh, in the comments, let me know. Because everyone that plays FPL or watches FPL knows you can't put City players in because it's never guaranteed. There's like one or two that are guaranteed. I think last season, Haaland and De Bruyne were the only ones guaranteed to get game time. This season, not even Edison has played every game. It's ridiculous. So, Pep, he does his thing. Let him do his thing and you'll see. But I think Foden is the is the player to stay in the team. And he's the glue to the team at the moment, it looks like. When he comes on, it's just electric. Like He's cutting lanes, he's doing passes, he's taking shots. He does everything. And for a young player like him, he plays so many games, he can. If it was like De Bruyne, uh, we see what happens when you burn out at, at De Bruyne's age and it's not good. But now we have Bolden playing like that at his age. It, yeah, it's, it's good. But speaking of the title race, um, it kind of got a bit confusing last week, I'd say. Because Aston Villa, what a team. They have gone 15 games unbeaten at home. And coming into the season on this podcast, me and Ed were talking about it. And we say, 
we've actually got a good team. They could maybe finish fifth or sixth, get a Europa League spot again. But we're watching it and wow, they are showing levels now. Like they beat us, who are the current treble winners, and then they go and beat Arsenal, who were top of the league and current like currently in the form of their life. And Aston Villa beat us both back to back. I just think to do that and to not worry really about the European competitions, the 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 level of players or teams that they're going to play in their competition, it's not as you know, it's not as impactful as the Champions League like we and Arsenal are actually going into. Um but yeah, Aston Villa, wow, what a team. I don't know what they've done. I don't know what Unai Emery's done over there because his stint at Arsenal was not good. But his stint at Villa is, for some reason, unreal. So, whatever you can say about that is, is what it is. Um, but yeah, the, the title race now is, is very close. And I am quite excited to see what will happen. Because Aston Villa, Arsenal, Liverpool, City, I think it's them top four. And it is surprising to hear Aston Villa because no one expected it. But now you look at it and it makes sense. They've won a lot of games this season against big opponents. But then they'll go and do a 2-2 draw against Bournemouth. So, you know, there's there's so much you can say about the team. And it's looking really good. And the, the attack of Leon Bailey, Diaby... And Ollie Watkins just looks unreal this season. I don't know what's happened. McGinn has somehow turned into a different player. Uh, but yeah, that is that is definitely something to look out for. And on the weekend, they are actually going to play for, uh, Brentford. So if anything, you expect them to get the points from that. And you expect them to kind of go clear of Arsenal. Which will be a big, a big big thing in the Premier League if Aston Villa can go into second place and City in fourth like no one would ever expect that and if someone if a diehard Aston Villa fan has put a tenner on Villa to win the league this season they are coming into money already I think they could even cash out for a little bit but um, to move on to the next game that I would like to talk about uh, we are actually even though I am solo today we've got some quotes from the usuals on the podcast and one of the games is a game that I was very excited to see and I wasn't disappointed. 3-0 Bournemouth against Manchester United at Old Trafford and I have to say I was I was not expecting 3-0. I wasn't expecting United to win of course I never expect them to win but to, to lose 3-0 at Old Trafford where, you know, that's your that's your home ground, that's your that's your place where you should be dominant and they're not. And it, at this point it's getting embarrassing for United fans because how can you say after beating Chelsea like that the week before to then lose 3-0 to a team that's conceded 40 goals this season I, I don't understand um but yeah, I've I've got a quote from Ed who's who's sent me a message. He's, he's gone. United are shit. But anyone calling for Ten Hag sacked have lose have lost their mind. And 
I'm not sure if I agree with that. Obviously, he's not here to battle with me, but um, he says they put out they put out the exact same team for Chelsea and Bournemouth, but they get two completely different performances. The players could not be consistent if their life depended on it, and of course, that is down to the players. But at the same time, it's the management there. There's got to be something going on because if you actually think about it, the the players have a mentality and the mentality that they have has to carry on through every game of the season. And of course, you're going to come into some games thinking this is an easy win. And some games you're going to think, right, we might not win this if you're Manchester United. But coming into Bournemouth, they should be thinking this is an easy win. So I don't understand what, how you can play so poor. And the, the the biggest thing for me, the biggest thing for me about Manchester United that it's just it's so confusing is is Bruno Fernandes. He's an he's an unreal player. They're so lucky to have him at the club. And I wish I, you know, I wish Manchester City picked him up from Sporting. But at the same time, I'm glad we didn't. Because he is one of the most annoying, irritating players to watch. Because he's so good at football, people like United fans don't even think about the extra stuff. As a captain, you're supposed to lead your squad, you're supposed to lead your team, keep the mentality high and keep players in place. But all he does is moan and cry and upset himself and complain to the referees. And that's all you see from him. And I just think... As a captain, you need to lead the team. And I do think that removing Maguire's captaincy was a mistake. If they were to drop Maguire from the team, then it makes sense. Because you're not going to give club captain to a player that doesn't play. But he's played a lot this season. And he's had a massive improvement. But Bruno, as soon as he gets captaincy, people are seeing why. Why is he captain? Why do people listen to him? And... The team that they have out, uh, once again, Luke Shaw playing centre back. Ed was Ed was you know showing the praises about it last week and this week, I don't know what happened. He just he just kind of crumbled and to concede three goals against Bournemouth, who are bottom of the league, is really poor. Uh, I think Bournemouth this season. Let me actually double check. Bournemouth have only won. Five games in the Premier League. Wow. And one of them is Manchester United. So it's it's tough to, it's tough to call. But this week is even bigger for Manchester United because they are playing Liverpool. And just to just to put another note in that during the Bournemouth 3-0 defeat, Bruno Fernandes complained to the referee got himself a yellow card, and now he's banned from the Liverpool game. And to get yourself banned as the captain from the biggest game of this calendar year for United in this season, he's a fool. Because to go to Anfield without your captain, without your best player, without your star player, is going to be tough. Because... Now you've got to fill that hole. And there's not many players at the club who can fill the Bruno role. They signed Mason Mount and he's injured. He 
can't play. He can't play for them. So going to Anfield on Sunday is going to be tough because there's zero chance. I personally think that there's zero chance for Manchester United to come away with a goal, never mind the win. I think Liverpool will absolutely throw them about. Liverpool are looking really good this season. Uh, top of the league, of course. They're playing really well. And United are playing really bad, which is you know a standard that we're used to from United this season and for the past maybe five. But without Bruno, who is probably their star player and you know one of the players that really want to look out for, he... To be suspended for this game, it's a stupid, stupid thing to do. And it's similar to Manchester City where we lose Rodri and we lose the games or we lose possession. We don't play like ourselves. Like we United, when they lose Bruno, their attacking prowess is gone. And it's going to take Rashford to pull his finger out and start playing like he was last season for them to even come away with anything from this game if they come away with less than three goals conceded then it's a it's a it's a win for united because it's it's going to be really tough and just to move on to another team that's having a tough season uh chelsea losing 2-0 to everton and on the podcast we did actually say we all did um agree Everton were going to beat Chelsea. So it's gonna be it's gonna be quite funny to see what Chelsea do after this. Because like Chelsea this season, I don't understand. Obviously they have got injuries. They've got Reese James who went off in the twentieth minute and is gonna be out for a while, which we know he's he's injury prone, he's got a glass knee. But at the same time, there's fans across the world calling for him to be one of the best right-backs, one of England's best right-backs. If you can't stay fit, you're not good. It's just facts. And people say, like, Aguero was injury-prone. But when he played, we won games. When he played, he scored goals. When Rhys James plays, he has one or two good games and he's injured. I think it's, it's a shame because, obviously... We see how good Reese James is. But to be that injured, you've got to be a bad player. Like, I don't know, you can't be can't be considered one of the best talents in England if you are injured that much. It is a shame because obviously if Vic was here now, he'd be challenging me so much, saying it's unfair, saying I'm being too harsh on an injury prone player. But at the same time, it's it's part of the game. The game is physical and when you're a defender, especially in the Premier League, it's tough. You have to do tough challenges. You have to go in rough. And Reese James does that, but he doesn't do it correctly. And he gets injured. He hurts himself. He hurts the other players. And then he gets gone from the team. So there's nothing we can really say about Reese James at this moment in time. If he can sort himself out, if he can get surgery to sort his knee, and then he needs to adapt his game to play different. He's a good player. We all know how good he can be. But if that's what it takes for Chelsea to be back up to where they were a few seasons ago, Champions League winners, just three years ago they were, 
just three years ago they were Champions League winners. Now they are 12th place in the Premier League below Brentford, Fulham and West Ham. It's ridiculous how much Chelsea have fallen off. And I don't think, like, I don't think it's even close to, to, to even argue how bad Chelsea are doing this season. Like, five wins. They've got the same wins as Bournemouth, as Wolves. But they've got seven losses. And you look at their team, it's a ridiculous amount. And um, we actually, I actually put a, a message into the group chat. I found this um, image online saying how much each member of the Big Six has spent per point in the Premier League. And bottom was Liverpool. They only spent 2.8 million per point in the Premier League this calendar year. Chelsea have spent 20 million per point in Premier League. That is ridiculous. And to just give it in perspective, second place was Spurs with 4 million per point. And... Everyone loves to say, everyone loves to banter Spurs about being a bottle jobs, uh, about being just always, um, like in the big six, they're always six. Everyone loves to say that. But if you really look at it, Chelsea are an embarrassment to the Premier League. And you can't argue it. Right now, Chelsea are an embarrassment. They win the hard games. They play as good as they can in the hard games. They get a point from us and... They play really well against teams like us and Liverpool and Arsenal. But then they play United, they lose. And then they play Everton and lose 2-0. And I don't see how you can lose 2-0 to Everton. Who are, to be fair to them, Everton are playing really well this season. It is a shame they lost the 10-point deduction. But at the same time, you were Chelsea Football Club. You spent... I'm looking at the team sheet here. The team sheet is at least... 400 to 500 million pounds of players on the team. The bench, Raheem Sterling, Nicholas Jackson, Thiago Silva, Levi Colwell. Like, these are class players that could fit into any team in the top six. But most teams in the Premier League, in, in the big leagues in the world, most of these players will fit in perfectly. And to see that they're losing 2-0 to Everton is, it is a shame. But at the same time, I'm loving it because the, the this sourness I feel from that Champions League final years ago, I, I'm so happy to see that they're just shit. And when the Champions League final did actually happen, um, Vic was giving it large. Of course he was. Vic was giving it large. We haven't won the Champions League at that point. Uh, you know, Chelsea have just won the Champions League and... He was looking all big. They won the Club World Cup the next season, which I personally don't think is a big achievement. But, you know, they won it. And the Champions League's not an easy thing to win. You play against the best teams in the world. I think it's Real Madrid, PSGs, Bayern Munich, Milan's, City United, Chelsea, Liverpool, all of them. But now, they are rock bottom. They've hit rock bottom, and I'm loving it. I am loving it. And I'm loving that Vic has, has gone from battling with Manchester City fans to battling with Manchester United fans on how good you are. It's it's amazing. I actually I'm I'm loving it. But the next game I actually wanted to talk about was it kind of is one of the top six games, 
but it really surprised me uh, what what happened because Tottenham four, Newcastle one, and coming into the game, I don't think any of us predicted a Tottenham win. I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But in their last five games, Tottenham have come away with one point. And that was against us. And obviously that was a great game and back and forth. But at the end of the day, one one point from the last five games is never good. And coming into this game, Newcastle, they weren't looking amazing, but they were still... You know, they they were like Newcastle. They beat Chelsea, they beat United, they dropped points to Everton. But then, you know, you expect a bounce back from Newcastle. And for some reason, Hyunmin Son played the game of his life this game. He played so well. After getting a hat-trick of offsides against Aston Villa, everyone was like, maybe he's just unlucky, maybe he just needs to, you know, work on his time and or whatever. But now... Against Newcastle, he turned into a different player. And it's good to see because with Madison gone, it's Son to, to step up and, you know, take control of the game, take control of possession, all of that. And that's what he did. Uh, but Newcastle fans, uh, they've taken a hard week. <laughs> it's been a hard week for Newcastle fans to, to drop four goals against Spurs and then go into the Champions League and get knocked out by... PSG drawing, it, it's a shame, but you know hopes were really high for Newcastle fans at this um, at the beginning of the season. Obviously, into the Champions League, new owners, new players, and then in the Premier League they were flying at the start. They started off the season with five goals, but you know it has to crumble at some point. They haven't been in the Champions League in a long time, and now they are in it. You could clearly see injuries were happening. Kieran Trippier's out. Isak got injured for a while. And it really affected the squad. And, you know, it comes into this game where they're playing Spurs 4-1 defeat. Then they go into Champions League to get knocked out. The only positive that, fan, that the fans can take from this is they can't focus on Champions League anymore. So maybe their attention does turn to the Premier League where they can try and get, you know, top five, top four. Uh, they are sitting seventh currently, just behind Manchester United by one point. Uh, but I could see them. If they get a hit, if they hit a run of form, and, you know, they play like we know Newcastle can play with their, their possession, their goal scoring is ridiculous. When it's at its peak, Isak is is next level player. When that happens, I think it will be really good. For Newcastle to be out of the Champions League, because if you look, if you look at it realistically, they started off in the group of death. If they get out of that, that's already a story to say. A story, it's already a story to tell. But the chances are you, they weren't progressing any further than that. And to get knocked out straight away, I wouldn't say it's a it's a surprise. I'd um. I'd say, if anything, it's it's kind of a good thing. Uh, so, yeah, they can focus on the Premier League. They can try and maybe get into that top five, get back into the Champions League for next season, where they've learnt this season what to do, what to do with injuries, and maybe management can change, or bring in new players. 
with the amount of backing that they've got, they can bring in new players, just like Chelsea have been trying, but do it correctly. And I think it could happen. I, I, I have high hopes for Newcastle next season. But, yeah, new, uh, Newcastle dropping four goals to Spurs, it's a shame. But maybe now they turn it around. And tomorrow they are going to play Fulham, who have scored 10 goals in their last two games. So, if they do manage to win that game, it will bring them, I think, a lot of a lot of hope into the team and the fans. Of course, the fans need it. Fans need hope from this, from this. So, uh, yeah, hope. I'm hoping for Newcastle because I do have a soft spot for Newcastle a little bit. But yeah, hopefully they can turn it around. And Spurs are actually playing their game tonight. As of recording, they play in 20 minutes. So we've got the predictions in. The group chat, it's Forest versus Spurs. They're at Forest Stadium, that's City Stadium. Uh, Ed has gone for 3-1 Spurs and Vic has gone for 2-1 Spurs. And personally, I'm going to go 3-0 Spurs. You know, coming off a 4-1 victory, you can't really say that they aren't on fire right now because they are. To beat a team like Newcastle 4-1 and then to go and face Forest, you expect them to win. And I do. I think... Hyunmin Son will, you know, play his heart out again, like he has to. And I'm going to put him, I've put him in my FPL. I've played my wild card this week. And, you know, if that comes through, fingers crossed, you know, Hyunmin Son will pull through for me and bring me a lot of points in 20 minutes time. But one more game I actually want to talk about is Brighton Burnley because the boys aren't here today. It's just me, and if you follow the podcast, if you listen to the podcast, you know how much I love Burnley. Vincent Company, that he's he's gonna stay up in the Premier League. I can feel it. I've said this since day one. He's gonna stay up, and I have a lot of hope for this team. And in the last few games, despite only coming away with in in the last four games, they've only come with four points. So it's not amazing, but. They are near bottom, I think they're 19th in the league. And they drew against Brighton 1-1. And Brighton are a good team. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows Brighton's a good team. And to come away with one point from Brighton's stadium as well, I think it's looking good for, for Burnley right now. And it is a shame that tomorrow they will play Everton, who are on fire. I don't know where they've come from, this Everton team playing out of their skin. So it will be a tough challenge for Burnley, but I think they can get it done. I think Burnley can get it done and, you know, bring some points back, get them out of relegation zone, show what show people what I see in them. And I see a team that can make it. Uh, they beat Sheffield United 5-0, which we know Sheffield United, they're just conceding goals after goals after goals. We know that. But, you know... Burnley have not been looking good at all this season. Yeah, Burnley is sitting 19th in the league with two wins in total. And it's a shame to see. But at the same time, you know, they can make it out. Obviously, Everton with a 10-point deduction is a shame. Because they they should be in the top half of the league. They really should. And if they do get the points, you know, reducted from them and they get it back, it'll be good. It'll be good to see. 
But to sit in 17th with seven wins, it, it, it's tough to see. But, you know, if Burnley can win and they can get three points, I, you know what? If you're a Burnley fan and you're Vincent Company come into this game, I think getting one point from Everton is a triumph. Like, it's a victory. If you get one point from Everton in the form that they're playing right now, I think it's a victory for them. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what they can do. Uh, but, yeah, that is all of the Premier League talk I want to mention this week. Because a lot of the other games, I can just run through the results. Uh, Crystal Palace 1, Liverpool 2, Wolves 1, Forest 1, Sheffield United 1, Brentford 0. Um, yeah, the game's kind of standard. The only one surprising Sheffield United, but at the same time, they were bound to win a game. <laughs> right. You can't, can't go that bad all season. But what I do want to mention is the Champions League. Uh, the group stage have just finished this week. And the three people that are on this podcast who are in the Champions League, only one remains. Manchester City made it through the Champions League comfortably. You know, we've got six wins out of six, as I mentioned before. Very comfortable for us. Uh, we're going on to face any opposition will not probably be a struggle for us because we are playing a second seed. Uh, I can't imagine us playing PSG actually, but you never know. There are rumours going around that we are likely to play PSG if you know it works out like that. Uh, I don't mind because we don't lose to PSG. We've lost, I think, once. And then it was a two leg and the second leg we came back, we won and we got through. So I'm not worried. And without Messi, without Neymar, without Verratti, they've lost a lot of power. Uh, I watched the game against Dortmund and the only, you know, glimpse of shine in that team is Mbappe. I I sing his prayers on his podcast all the time. I think Mbappe is the best player in the world. I think when he's on the ball, no one can touch him. His pace is ridiculous. He paces everyone, he just runs it around. His shot is so powerful. I think he's the best player in the world. I think he will go on to win so many Ballon d'Ors. It's such a shame that he still plays for PSG. And chances are he will go to Real Madrid. But I'd love to see him in the Premier League one day. I think he will, but it is tough. But there is one thing that I want to say. And it's that Manchester United in the Champions League should have never been a thing. They came into it in the group of Copenhagen, Galatasaray, Bayern Munich. I think a lot of fans see Bayern Munich as one of the teams to beat this year. With the signer Harry Kane and the way Leroy Sane is playing this season, unreal. I think they're a team that is so good this season that it, they might be challengers against us for the, for the Champions League this year. Which I'm looking forward to. I hope that they do challenge us. Last year wasn't as you know entertaining as it could have been. But Manchester United came into that group and fans, even City fans, even Chelsea fans, Liverpool fans, looking at it saying, why have they got an easy group? They only have to get second place and that is comfortable. They end the group, bottom of the group, conceding 15 goals. That is a record for any Premier League team to concede 15 goals across six group stage games. That's 2.5 goals a game minimum average. 
I think that is a joke for a Premier League team to be bottom of the Champions League group against teams like Galatasaray and Copenhagen. Like teams like that should never be beating the teams in the Premier League. Uh, the league that is the best in the world, only two have made it out. Arsenal and City. That's it. It's just us two that have made it out. Newcastle, you can give excuses for them because they were in the group of death, injuries, and they had to balance them both for the first time in a long time. I can understand that. But Manchester United, bottom of their group, out of everything, not even the Europa League spot for them. They're going straight back to the Premier League back to losing to Bournemouth. It's a joke. And, you know, they're playing, after being knocked out of the Champions League, they're playing Liverpool on Sunday. It's it's a great time to be a City fan. That's all I have to say. But we're looking at it, and Manchester United are an embarrassment to the Premier League in the Champions League. Newcastle, I can give them excuses. I can understand their excuses. But, you know, Arsenal and City need to carry the Premier League forward. I believe that we can. You know, I think looking at the teams left in the Champions League, it's the the, the real challenges for the title or the you know the trophy. Uh Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, City and Arsenal. I think they're the four. And Arsenal I put in there because of how good their players are as a team. But all it takes is one injury. One injury, one suspension. Maybe they get a hard team. Maybe they get PSG. If you ask for PSG, I'd probably back PSG in that game. But, you know, the chances are we get PSG and we knock them off straight away. And then it carries on. But I think the biggest team to look out for, you know, for City to challenge for the Champions League title is Bayern Munich. And I don't mind that because it, it's good to see a team like that in the Champions League playing as they are because you know we beat them last season and we scored four it's we kind of embarrassed them last season we embarrassed all the teams in the Champions League last season and you know I see fans on Twitter saying uh, this round of 16 is the worst they've ever seen but I feel like it's only the worst you've ever seen because there's only a few set teams in the world that are you know up there because the, the, the talent is so spread out. Uh, and the names of the teams that are in there, they don't, they're not big. So I think what, what the problem is, is you'd, you'd like to see more English teams. I think that's what, the, what's what people on Twitter are saying. That only two English teams have made it through and it's City and Arsenal. Who have only won one combined Champions League. Which is, it is what it is. But I would rather see RB Leipzig in the round of 16, the Manchester United. I would rather see, you know, Copenhagen in the round of 16, the Manchester United, because they're an embarrassment. I keep saying this because it's true. Manchester United are an embarrassment to the Premier League. And to show that they are, you know, they've won the most Premier Leagues, won the most Champions Leagues, well, you know, one of the most Champions Leagues. They have all this money, they have all this backing, they have all these players... Ran Martinez, Bruno, Anthony, but they play like that. I don't, I don't understand how you can play like that and you know be content with yourselves. So I am looking forward to seeing the backlash that Manchester United receive 
offer these games. And I, you know, disagreeing with Ed from before saying that people say uh, Ten Hag sacked are losing their minds. I think they're not. I think they're right. I think Ten Hag is doing something wrong with this team. And there's a there's an argument that goes on in our group chat a lot between who is better, Pochettino or Ten Hag. And between the two, I think they're both buying average managers. Ten Hag won stuff in Ajax, who are, you know, the best team in the Netherlands. It's similar to winning stuff with Rangers. It's not, you know, it's not it's not a big ask. But Pochettino bottles it. He knows how to bottle it. He bottled it at Spurs, he bottled it at PSG, and now he's bottling it at Chelsea. So there are managers across the world that need to take up these roles. And there's one name I always throw out there that no one agrees with. And it's Zinedine Zidane. He has had one managerial stint in his entire career. It was at Real Madrid, where he won three back-to-back Champions Leagues and then retired. He's not come back into management since. He clearly knows how to manage a team. He won the Champions League three times in a row. That's unheard of. Like, for a team to do that is unheard of. He needs to come into management for a team. And if, you know, the money that we see from Chelsea and United are, you know, that big, which we know they are, put money towards getting a manager. Put the, put the money out on the table to bring a manager back to the Premier League. And there's, you know, the chosen one, Jose Mourinho. He's complaining about how in Roma he doesn't have the money that Manchester City have. So why doesn't he come back? Why doesn't he have a second goal at United where he actually did have the best results as a Manchester United manager? And I think they sacked him a bit prematurely. But Ten Hag has had some of the worst results against some of the worst teams. The the challenges that the Premier League are seeing now is nothing to what it used to be. Nothing. Manchester City are running away with it, which I'm so happy about. But this season, it's looking good. It's looking like a challenge. There's a few teams that look really good this season. And United are not one of them. So, yeah. I think Ten Hag needs to go. That is just my opinion on that. I will see if people in the comments agree. Let me know. Um, I know Ed doesn't agree. I'd like to see what Vic would like to see about that. Uh, like to say about that. Because I'm, I'm sure he'd agree. I don't think... Ten Hag has had a good stint as a manager at all. And it's a shame. But, yeah. That is my final statement of this podcast. This solo podcast of just myself. And, you know, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Music, you can come over to the YouTube where we've got the video now. Uh, we are recording on Teams. So, you know, the quality isn't amazing. But we're doing the best we can. Uh, we're reaching you guys through Instagram, Twitter, the website, YouTube, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. So there are many platforms that you can reach us on. And, you know, if you give us a rating on Spotify, we, we highly appreciate it. But the main thing that, you know, we want to wanna get from this and want to gain from Power Pitches is a following. And, you know, we've got an Instagram which has got followers, we've got Twitter now, and the website 
is one thing that I'm putting a lot of time and you know time and effort into uh, where we post articles on the website or football so today I posted an article about how Vinicius Jr has actually gone into esports uh, he's become a co-owner of a massive Brazilian organization and I've also put a article up about a post-match report on the Manchester City game in the Champions League where they won 3-2 so it'd be highly appreciated if you guys could you know go check that out and you know give us a comment give us a like just read it and let me know what you think and you know leave comments under the YouTube uh, everything every all our handles are at power pitches those are all our handles on everything so if you want to reach us just search power pitches and we will come up so that has been it for game week 15 and episode 2 on the YouTube uh, we will be back next week for more reactions on City Palace Liverpool United Arsenal Brighton and you know all the games Chelsea Sheffield United even that one that'll be a good one so you know we'll come back with more reactions like that for next week's episode of Power Pitches thank you for listening